I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And like always, I'm joined with my husband and my co-host, Josiah. Josiah, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a great day. We're excited to be alive. How are you? I'm doing great. It's always fun to be in the studio to have some amazing guests coming to tune in. So you guys as listeners, hopefully you're blessed each and every single time. And Josiah, I don't want to take up any more time of who this special guest is, but can you tell us who is tuning in with us today? Definitely. First of all, I'm thrilled. I'm really excited. And I'm going to introduce our guest in just a second, but I want to welcome him on and say, hey, Pastor Choco to Jesus. Thank you so much much for joining us today. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be with both of you guys. Thank you for this privilege. You bet. And um, for the listener, Pastor Choco de Jesus is the founding pastor of New Life Covenant Church in Chicago. He's currently the general treasurer for the Assemblies of God USA, and he's the author of several books, including his latest. We have a signed copy in our hands in the studio this morning, um, and that is Move into more and maybe in your life you are feeling like you've hit a plateau maybe you've felt like 2020 was a rough year i think a lot of us can relate to that on some level and you might just be asking the question is there more to life than this and i think if you've ever asked that question then today's episode is definitely going to be for you time magazine is actually named pastor choco one of the hundred most influential people in the world. And I found that to be true in my own life. I remember in 2011, being a college student at North Central University in Minneapolis, Pastor Choco, Mm -hmm. I I heard you speak in chapel as a college student for the first time. And I remember coming forward for prayer and you just took a minute and said a prayer for me. And just um, that moment really touched my heart and my life. And so really thrilled to dive into your story of life and leadership. And can you do that? Would you just maybe share some of your background, your journey of faith and life and leadership with us this morning? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for that introduction. And thank you for your kind words, you and your wife. I, I think it's, it's a great joy to see young people like yourselves engaging in this culture, uh, in, especially in a time of season of uncertainties. Um, I've always told people that what we're living in in 2020 has been an apocalyptic year. No kidding. It's been an apocalyptic year because the word apocalyptic in the Bible, in Matthew, it talks about revealing. And, uh, and this has been revealing. This year has been revealing our faith, where we're at as a Christian, where we're at as pastors, as leaders. And many of your listeners will attest that this has uncovered, uh, 2020 has uncovered a lot of things. And, and so I, I'm just honored uh, by the Lord that he would uh, choose me. I tell people, Josiah, that I am a status inconsistency. You know, I, I should be dead in Chicago. I should be in prison in Chicago. I should be somewhere, but I should not be in Springfield, Missouri as the general treasurer of the Assemblies of God. That's what makes me the status inconsistency. Failed third grade. Father abandoned him when he was eight years old. I'm the youngest of six. I'm like Gideon in the Bible, mm. youngest of my tribe. And I lived in the city of Chicago 
in the worst park uh, during the 1970s and 80s. Uh, that's where I live with no father, no Jesus, destined for destruction for sure. But God, at the age of 14 years old in the city of Chicago, I get saved in a Pentecostal church. I get saved at, at AG Church. And uh, I started attending this local church in the summer of 1977. And there in Humble Park, Chicago. Humble Park is one of 77 communities in the city of Chicago. And uh, it's predominantly Puerto Rican for the most part. So that's where I live. That's where the destruction happened. That's when the rioting happens of the 70s between the Puerto Ricans and the police department. Uh, and despite of all that, God still saved me. God is in the business, and I want your listeners to hear this. He's in the business of saving people. He's in the business of using unusual people. And so it's in the 1977s I get saved. I start attending this local church, and one thing leads to another. And, uh, you know, 20, it would be 23 years later, the year's 2000, and there I am at that same local church being anointed as the pastor of the church in the year 2000. Talking about the provisions of God, how God, right? The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1 that God will make sure that his word will come to pass. God says, my eyes, he's not going to leave it on a president, a governor, a mayor, a pastor, a prophet. He says, I will make sure with my own eyes. And for those that are watching and listening to me, God will make sure that what he planted in your heart will come to pass. And uh, 23 years later, I become the pastor of New, uh, New Life. At that time, it was called Palestine Christian Temple of the Assemblies of God. And it was just, it was just too long of a name. Nobody got saved during that time. It's just, you know, everybody thought we were uh, Palestinians. So anytime there was a problem in Israel, the Chicago Tribune or Chicago Sun-Times would call our church. And they wanted to know what was our opinion about what's happening in the Middle East. Oh my God. Like, we don't have an opinion. And they're like, aren't you guys Palestinians? We we're like, no, we're Puerto Ricans. I, we don't and so, Talk about a witness, right? <laughs> yeah, so I had to explain people that Palestine was a territory that Jesus grew up in. And uh, like Bethlehem, many of our Hispanic churches were called Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Palestine. And so we became the pastors of that church, my wife and I, Elizabeth, which was my father-in-law's church for 35 years. And so he retired in the year 2000. We became the pastors of this church. It was around 68 people at that time at the local church. And uh, from there, from 2000, and I don't know how much time we have. I'm trying to expedite some, some, um, some information. So I know there's other questions we have. But from 2000 to 2019, I, we passed through the church. And uh, to the glory of God, we went from one service to two services, to three services, to 17 services on a Sunday, to the glory of God. And, um, and everything is all God. We, we, we've opened up the dream centers. We opened up teen centers, medical clinic. We have a store, a clothing store in Chicago called Let's Change. And that goes to missions. And we started a master's commission in Chicago. And uh, in 2019, the Assemblies of God asked me to leave my Isaac at the altar wow. and come to Springfield, Missouri. Now, for those who are watching, people would say, Choco, you are crazy. 
because the church was in this growth. We went from that one service to 17, one campus to eight campuses. Um, God, we had over close to maybe 62 churches that were part of our association. So it was growing. But God asked me in 2019 to leave my Isaac. And, and here's a word for those who are, are in a transitional. Here's a word for you. Understanding can wait, but obedience cannot. Wow. Mm-hmm. If you want the blessings of God, and if you want the more of God, then you must obey, not understand. God doesn't ask you to understand him. Mm-hmm. He's asking you to obey him. And so we did. Elizabeth and I, we love Chicago. We love the pizza. We love the hot dogs. All this great food in the city of Chicago to come to Springfield, Missouri, y'all. Springfield, Missouri. Chicago, good pizza. Springfield, Missouri, not good pizza. But we did it out of obedience, and we're serving the general, we're serving the assemblies of God, and we're, boy, this has been very fulfilling. Who would know, who would have known that in a, in a year of pandemic, that God would send me to Springfield to deal with the money in the year of pandemic? And so the Lord told me he trusts me with money, and and what a joy it is to serve our fellowship. So that's a quick synopsis. And if you've got questions on that, I'll be more than happy to answer that. Oh, I absolutely love that. One, I know you have some good coffee shops where you are, because we went to Kingdom Coffee, I believe it's called. It's yeah. on a little corner. They have some yeah. good lavender lattes and all these other kind of crazy fun drinks. So you do yeah. have at least one good coffee shop, I know. If you lost the pizza, maybe hold on to the yeah. coffee. Huh? <laughs> Pastor Choco, I absolutely love what you said, and I just wrote this down, that God uses the unusual, not the unusable. And I think sometimes as leaders, we think we've reached um, a plateau, or we've reached a wall, or we've reached the end of ourselves because we've been building our kingdom and not God's kingdom. And there's a moment when we have that in every story, probably we have a pivotal moment when you are wondering, is God truly using me? Am I still usable? And the answer is, if you have available heart, if you have a story that you're willing to share and give God the glory, he will use you and he's not done with you yet. And sometimes he might take us to that moment because I remember I lived back in North Dakota and God did a very similar thing to me, Choco, not to the magnitude of what you left, but God laid it on my heart. And he said, Micah, what is your Isaac? And for me, it was a relationship. It was security. It was a job that I didn't want to leave. And that was my idol. Like that's what I was putting um, before God, just like Abraham was with Isaac. And for the listener today, even in a pandemic, I think we have an opportunity, unfortunately, to live a life behind the scenes, um, anything from technology to our calling, or we, we're constantly looking at what other people have and what we don't have. And we can begin to idolize things along the way. So I would just encourage the listener today, if there's yeah. something that you are potentially idolizing, it may not be a thing or a person. It could be a job and a position. Mm-hmm. It could be a title. I know for me, I love HGTV. I love um, mm-hmm. home renovation. I love projects. Like I love putting my hands to something and making making it um, more beautiful than when I found it. And along with people, the same thing, I want to leave people better than I found them. But my prayer for us in a season, we purchased the house. I'm like, Lord, help our home not to be an idol to me because I absolutely love decorating and being inside of it and painting walls and everything. So for the listener, pray, get in the prayer closet. If God is challenging you to identify one thing, it can be the smallest thing is food that could be our idol. So lean into what God is speaking. Um, now that you're into the new year and God's going to reveal some new things if your heart is ready to receive. And Pastor Choco, I will also say that we were at Catalyst Conference a few years back and I was 
um, so intrigued by the story that you had told about your younger age and when you became available to God and when you were approached to lead something at a very young age. I don't want to ruin it. So you share with us um, and the listener today, how did you initially get into ministry? What did that look like? And what did God do? Yeah. Well, I, well, one of the things uh, is, is availability. Being willing to uh, be vulnerable, right? Because today's generation, they want to pray about everything. And in, 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 in my time, I felt like I got saved and it was to be a proclaimer. It's to be used by God. So I did puppet ministry. I did, I was terrible at it, by the way. I did puppet ministry. I played the piano because we needed music. So I took on piano classes. Anything that the pastor needed, for the most part, Sunday school teacher, for the young people, I did it. Now, I did all this, Micah, with no pay. There was no salary involved. Right. It was just a service to the king. It was a service to the kingdom of God. And, um, and I'm afraid that this generation, their first go-to is, how much am I getting for it? And boy, you're going to miss the miracle at the end of the bridge. You're going to miss the blessing at the other side of this river if your first question is, how much am I getting? Because I did things. I served. Uh, our district, which covers 11 states in the United States, I was the president uh, of, uh, of 100 churches, uh, Hispanic churches. And I, would, I was in charge of camps and conventions and retreats for youth leaders. And there was no salary involved. There, I did it for eight years. My wife and I, we would travel from Chicago to Wichita, Kansas. That's 17 hours in my Chevy Corsica. I, and, and so you, you just did it because it's kingdom and yeah. that God, you had this idea that God will compensate you. And, and I'm not saying about financially. God would give you health. He'll give you blessings. He'll give you favor. He'll give you connection with other people so that it can further. And so I was just vulnerable. I was available uh, to do it. I didn't have to be an expertise in it, you know, because today people need to have it perfect. I need to be perfect because I don't want to look silly. I don't want to look terrible. I would do puppet ministry, Micah, and it would be like, hey, boys and girls. And there was a delay. <laughs> there was a delay in my voice and the puppet. And my, and my kids would be like, my kids were like, Bob, don't do that no more. Don't do that no more. Don't do no puppet ministry. And so I just want to encourage people, just be available. Don't worry about being ready. Just position yourself to be in a place to be vulnerable and say, God, here I am. I don't know how to speak. I don't know how to do children's ministry. I don't know how to do choir, but here I am. If you can use me, then qualify me to do it. And that's what happened. And I just started doing it. Choco, that's amazing because I think that <clears throat> when we look at the two sides of the spectrum, one is abilities and natural giftings or availability mm -hmm. and just our time and our heart and willingness mm -hmm. of service, what I see is God always leans towards the available. And there's mm -hmm. few things that God and mentors can't teach you as far as skill and ability and giftings. Um, mm -hmm. When you have the availability paired with the anointing of God, it is amazing. And one of the things that I'm sensing is just that God is wanting to pour out his favor on the next generation. 
And can you talk from your perspective of leadership that you've served in a variety of ways, Mm -hmm. um, but can you talk about the importance of involving the next generation in the church? Yeah, that's, that's good, Josiah. I think it's so crucial that my generation, I'm 56 years old, look at the other generation of 26 years old and understand that Abraham and Isaac, they both climbed this mountain. So you had two different generations climbing a mountain. Mm-hmm. One held the fire and the other one held the wood. Abraham had the anointing. Isaac had the sacrifice. And so if we can just understand this, that we're, God is a God of generations. He said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so my job is to make sure that I bring people along with me in this journey. For instance, here at the Assemblies of God, uh, two months ago, I had over 15 uh, DYDs. They're called district youth directors from all over the country. They were in their 20s, late 20s, early 30s. I brought them for what purpose? To expose them. I exposed them to the finances of the Assemblies of God. I I wanted to make sure they understood because I I wanted it to be connected to them. And so this is so crucial that even the younger generation not dismiss me. You need me. You need me. And I need you. Mm-hmm. And, and we need each other to be able to accomplish and be in a position to hand off this baton when it's the right time to do it. Uh, so we need each other in this, in this race. And so uh, for those pastors that are in their 60s, I want you to make room, make room, make room, make room for the next generation. For the next generation, next gen, listen to me clearly. You're going to have to dig your own wells. You, you, you can't live off my well, right? That's what the Philistines did in Abraham in the book of Genesis. They covered the wells of Abraham as to say to Isaac, dig your own wells. And so there are some things I'm going to hand off to you, and there's other things you're going to have to put your, some work to it mm-hmm. uh, so that you can understand the sacrifice. So that's my, my, my two cents about generational um, helping one another. That's so good. It is important to link arms and we can look through the Bible. Like you just said that it is important. It's, it's pivotal in the uh, reason why God has us here and why, how and why and what he wants us to do in the process. So one thing we love to do here at young adults today um, on this podcast, uh, pastor Choco is to ask pastors this question. And so I'm just going to ask you, why do you believe the faith of the next generation is so um, important and crucial? Boy, because uh, you, you think about legacy, you think about legacy, comes to my mind that, um, that Joshua had to be in a position to experience for himself. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the life of Joshua and he stood before the people at 110 years old and he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How did Joshua get that courage to do that well if it wasn't for his own experiences of the red sea or the jordan river or conquering armies and so forth um, it's so important that this next generation's faith is impacted um, so that they too can sustain the covid 19 Mm -hmm. that they too can weather storms in their own ministries and their own seasons of life so without those experiences Uh, in your life, it's hard. It's hard. That's why we see a lot of young people leaving the faith. 
They're becoming atheists. They're becoming agnostic because they've never, never experienced uh, a, a move of God or a theophany to be able to increase their faith in the Lord. And so I'm praying that this generation really understands that their, their belief system, right? And I preach this. I tell people, let them take your 401k plan. Let them take your car. Let them take your house, but not the faith. Don't let them take your faith. At that point, you've lost everything. So it's crucial that they have an experience with the Lord. Well, and you were talking, Pastor Choco, just a second ago about wells. And one of the things, when I've heard you speak in a variety of settings the past number of years, and every time I hear you speak, my heart is just filled with faith. And you've tasted and seeing that the Lord is good. You've seen the goodness of God in the land of the living, and there's um, an authority that you can speak to because you've tasted, you've touched, you've experienced God, and you've, you've been thirsty as a young leader, and you've drank deep from a well, and you've put in the, the work, you've dug down deep. And my question is, I think a lot of young leaders are actually really thirsty. They're actually really desperate for more of God. They're they're trying to move beyond themselves. They're longing for an encounter, an experience of their own with Jesus. And they're encouraged by the generations that have gone before them. But you write about this in your book about moving to more in the limitless surprises of a faithful God. How can young leaders, Pastor Choco, move into the more that God has in store for them? Yeah, good question, Josiah. I think for, as a young leader and those that are watching, you're going to have to do like Psalms 42. The psalmist said, as a deer pants for the streams of cold water, so my soul long after thee. The psalmist, possibly, I'm not sure, but the psalmist perhaps was dehydrated, dehydrated spiritually. Wow. And, and we must yearn for the presence of God, for the presence of God. Listen to me, listeners. The presence of God will make the difference in your marriage, in your ministry. It's not how, if it's a mega church or is a church plant or you have a great worship team. It's the presence of God that makes the difference. Moses knew that. He understood it. He says, if your presence doesn't go with me, I ain't going to the people. I need your presence. The people would need to know. And so I, I think that this generation, when you think about, water, you think about thirst. You think about the woman at the well in John chapter 4. You think about her coming to the well, seeking physical water. But here's the other thing, Josiah, that this generation, if I can be so blunt, and, and some, of those, some of your listeners may not like me after this, but the woman came to the well for physical water. She came with her bucket and her cup. So that tells us that, and that she came for physical water. Mm -hmm. But who was waiting for her was the living water. That's right. which was, and he told his disciple, I must go through Samaria. Right? Jews would never go through Samaria. They prefer to walk 20 miles away from Samaria, but never go through it. But Jesus had a sense of urgency. So that's what it tells me when I read that scripture. He had a sense of urgency. So the woman comes and they encounter each other. And Jesus asked for the woman to give him a drink. And she goes on, if you only knew, I'm a, you know, I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew, yada, yada, yeah. 
And, you know, Jesus is like, oh, for the love of God, I was just, I just want a cup of water, mija. Just give me some water. <laughs> and then, then Jesus said to her, if you only knew who's asking you. And then she says, give me this water. And then Jesus says, okay, I'll give you this water. And this is what this generation is asking, right? They're saying, give me water. What you're asking is, give me the truth. Mm-hmm. Give me truth. Because Jesus said to the woman, go get your husband. And she says, I don't have one. He says, you're right. You've had five. And the guy you're sleeping with is not your guy. So he's giving her water. Here, you want water? This is the truth. And what we need to understand in this generation, that truth, truth quenches our thirst. We may not like it, but it goes in through the crevices of the heart. And if you're looking for water, what you're really asking for, I just want the truth. And whether good or bad, just tell me the truth and direct me. And so I'm hoping that this generation desires the presence of God because in the presence of God, truth is revealed. That's, that's definitely our desire as leaders um, to get into the presence of God, to experience the truth, but also to, to go to those next um, levels of intimacy with the Lord. And if we're not there, the people that we're leading are not going to be able to get there. If we're leading them to a dry well, or we're leading them through the desert, or we're in a desert of our own. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. We've all been through some form of deserts sure. in our life. But when we get into the presence of God, you can't help but to acknowledge the fact that truth will prevail in every area of our life, whatever lies we are believing, whatever scripture we're wrestling and struggling with. But when we ask God to come into the center of every conversation, every mentoring session, every sermon, every sermon prep, every devotion, every part of our marriage, our family, God is going to saturate those areas. And you're going to find yourself not living in a desert, but experiencing an oasis. And I guess that's what we want to do is we want to be like the first um, chapter of Psalms that talks about, we want to be a tree that's planted by the living water. And we as leaders are hopefully praying that scripture over ourselves to be a tree that creates shade for a generation, not for them to be on vacation, but to provide consistency, depth Mm. and truth in that process. And I know Josiah and I, we are called, this is something God has spoken specifically to us. And if you want to adopt this and pray into it, whoever's listening, feel free. But we feel like God has asked us to come alongside a generation to call them out in love and up in truth. I mean, I'm going to call you out of whatever sin that you keep telling me and keep bringing to me saying that you're wrestling with in my mentor session, but I'm also going to call you up in truth, meaning that the word of God says that you are a woman of God, that you shouldn't be in an ungodly relationship. You shouldn't be making these decisions. And Mm. so when we get into the presence of God, we get experience a couple things that I pray for every day, wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. God, Mm. give me the wisdom to understand the knowledge to apply what the wisdom of scripture is speaking to me, but Holy Spirit, I need you to help me discern what I need to be discerning in my life and to help others. And I need to be experiencing an immediate obedience in my personal walk with you each and every single day. So I know that we lean into the truth of the Lord. We lean into the presence of the Lord. We lean into um, more of what God has, which has brought us to wanting to lean into more of who you are, Pastor Choco, because we've come to one of our favorite parts of this little episode, and that is five in five. We love this part. So we have so much fun. So we have five questions that can be answered in five minutes. 
and just kind of pick your brain with five final thoughts. Do you feel up for the challenge? Let's do this, five and five. Let's do this. Okay, Josiah, <laughs> you kick us off. I'm sweating Here for you, okay? <laughs> Here we go. Pastor Chilko, this one's deep. We're going in deep. Ready? It. it says, if you could describe your soul right now in this season in three words, they could be any words from any language, what would they be? Oh, boy, three words. I would say uh, look, up, out. Ooh, look good. up and look out. That's good. Three words. That okay. helps me when I look at the goodness of God and the bigness of God and uh, the transcendence of God. Look up and look out. All right, that's number one. All right, fast, fast, All right, <laughs> question number two. Pastor Choco, are there any words that you live by? It can be a Bible verse, it can be a phrase, a quote, maybe something God has downloaded to you specifically in your quiet time. Yeah. And what would those words be? Yeah, good, good one. Um, I would say these words that I've learned in the last 27 years of ministry is to forgive and forgive quickly. Uh, you do not want to harbor. You do not want to allow a seed of anger to grow in your heart. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening right now and you've been offended by ministry, offended by people who said, hey, I'm your friend. I love you to the end. I'll be with you. That's not true. They're not going to do that. So uh, I, I've learned in my life to forgive and forgive quickly. It's so important. I'm reminded of like a football player who's a quarterback. They have to have a short memory. If you get sacked, it hurts, but there's a next yeah. play. You've got to move on. So right. yeah, Good. while we're down, we got to get up. And this is the curveball. Speaking of sports, Pastor Choco, if you could ask Micah and I one question, it could be anything. What would it be today? Oh boy. I, I wrote down this question for you guys because I had this here, but how how can you teach me as a, as an older generation, what would be maybe two things that I would need to do to reach young adults and keep them in the local church? What do I need to do? Um, the first thing that comes to mind for me is something that Josiah and I do and is providing opportunities for them to get involved. Um, not to say I need a door holder over here, but to say, I want to get to know you on a personal note. Come to my house for supper after church today. Come, we're having a big Super Bowl party. And inviting them in is huge because their buy-in goes up. Their defense and their gates kind of come down. Their curiosity is peaked. So I would say, number one, creating opportunities to get to know young adults um, in a personal setting, I think is very important. And we've seen the, the, the breakdown of walls in the hearts of students that we've led once they come into our home because they're like, wow, like Mikey and Josiah aren't just pastors, they're people <laughs> that have a heart for young adults. And then that love is exposed through that. So that'd be my one thing. If you want to share one sure. thing. So we don't for sure. Pastor Choco, you do this incredibly. And I think for any listener who's a leader within the local church, if you're wanting to engage young adults in the ministry of your church, mm -hmm. I think that... The reality is young adults might not be coming to your church, but nothing is stopping you from going to them. And so I think if we shift our mindset from come to me to I'm going to go and seek you, the Jesus seeking out Zacchaeus and saying, I'm coming to your house today. Mm -hmm. I'm going to meet you on your turf, in your territory, at your table, and I'm going to spend time and I'm going to frequent the same coffee shop to build 
a relationship with the barista or I'm going to shop at the same Apple store because I know there's a young adult that works there. And I think that what speaks to people most is when you show up in their lives when they need it and they'll never forget it. And I think that applies to young adults, but it also applies to um, every generation. People love it when you show up and and it's not here I am, but there you are. And you notice me and you know my name. And so I think that somehow, if you can remember names of young adults, if you can send them a text on their birthday, um, I know that that means the world when there's a personal touch. Mm -hmm. Good, okay. thank we're you. Gonna, we're gonna take team, can we do one more each of us? Yeah. Okay, so I think what I've learned is even though they might wanna stiff arm you and they don't, want to let you in right away. Young adults love to be asked questions or if they don't like to ask questions, tell me your story. How did you get to this university? What made you come through these church doors today? Not what do you do and how much do you make? I think that's a surface level question that we automatically as Americans go to and they want to know, they want to be known and they want to know truth like we've already talked about. And we do that through asking deep, meaningful conversations. Tell me about your upbringing. Um, where are you from? I noticed you have an accent. Like you're not from America. Where are you from? And you know, like, and you start asking them questions, those gates and those walls, once again, start coming down and they lean in because they're curious of like, well, what do you want from me? I want nothing from you. I just want to know, I want to know you. And then they'll be, begin to ask you questions about your personal life or about things that you are involved in or working on or working in and through. So I would say asking questions, they're not being asked the hard, challenging questions and they want to be. So. Good. Okay, I'll go one more since Micah asked me to. I would say um, what I'm looking for and what young people, young leaders are looking for from a mentor is for what you did with the DYDs to bring them along to open doors for them or just to pour out their cup intentionally. I notice I'm drinking a bubbly here and Pastor Choco, you've got a Starbucks cup. And it's, it's amazing when you've been around a leader who clearly has drank deeply from the well, but when they're willing to pour it out strategically yeah. and intentionally and share what they've learned, um, I think that, man, people are really hungry for mentorship in this next generation of millennials and Gen Z. Yeah, so good. So with that, back to you. Question number four, Micah, take it away. Okay, here we go. Will you be willing to share one of your ministry mistakes that you've made um, and what God has kind of taught you in the process? Um, yeah, you know, I was thinking one of my, well, early on as a pastor, lead pastor, is that I gave too much real estate to an individual. Let me explain in the 60 seconds. One person had, you know, this person had the children's choir. This person had this other ministry. This one had the ballet ministry. And so you kind of say yes, 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 yes throughout the years. And when you come to look at it, this individual has a lot of influence. That if they did something wrong, it would be hard for me to discipline or to move uh, or correct. Because there's so many parents in these different buckets or different ministries and so i learned early on that try to have one person oversee one ministry not make them have five hats or you know and if and if you don't have the personnel or the volunteer then don't have those ministries mm -hmm. so i've learned early on not to give too much real estate to one person 
That's great. That's phenomenal. I've never heard it placed that way before. Perfect. And this is the last thought, fifth question of the five and five. If you could maybe share with a generation of young leaders one word of encouragement or one piece of advice, what would you leave them with today? So let me, let me uh, give this to Josiah and Michael and to your generation of couples. Uh, I don't know if you have children. Do you have children? We do. One so daughter. You, our baby girl, she's seven months old. Here we go. Oh, and the Lord bless her. <laughs> the Lord bless her. So let me, here's the one advice I would give you guys. Do not, do not try to balance your lives. Do not try. Don't balance your life. God didn't call you to be a juggler. You're not in the circus. That's what clowns do. They juggle. And when you try to juggle your life, your love life, your ministry, your children, your finances, something's going to fall. So the word I want to give you and your listeners is that you need to prioritize. You prioritize. When I became the pastor in 2000, my first priority was my relationship with God, my relationship with Elizabeth, my wife, my three kids, and then ministry. And I took that to heart. I would go home at 2.30 every day. My kids got out of school. So I tell pastors, now I'm 56, I tell pastors, go home. Go home, be with your kids doing math and reading. And they're like, well, how, how about the evening meetings with the people? I said, why does it have to be evenings? Why can't it be in the morning? If they could take a half a day to be with their doctor or their dentist or their hair salon, then they can take a half a day to be with their lovely pastor. And so my word of advice to you guys and your generation, do not balance your lives. Prioritize it. That's and good. you'll live. That's good. Well, that's amazing. We received that. We definitely <laughs> take that to heart and the mind as new parents to the lovely daughter, Aurora. We hope that she feels that, that she's not juggled, that she's really prioritized, that she matters to us and she mm-hmm. matters to God. And so mm-hmm. what she believes or says, it matters. And mm-hmm. so, Pastor Chilko, thank you for that word and for a great conversation today. Well, thank you so much. Let me pray for you. Can I pray for you guys? Yeah, please. I want to bless you guys and and give you a pastoral blessing. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for Josiah and Micah, Aurora. Thank you for their lives and how they're impacting the next generation. I pray for all the listeners, those that are watching, those that are listening. Lord, that this has provoked their spirit that had disturbed them. And I pray the Lord for a pastoral blessing upon this generation of a young adults. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord guide you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and may the Lord be gracious unto you and may the Lord give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Peace be with you all. Yes, amen. you as well. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Love you, Pastor Choco. And listeners, you can find out more about Pastor Choco, the Assemblies of God USA, as well as his book, Move into the more when you connect with us at youngadults.today. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.